Here we go then. Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend, which we consider to be, even though we say so ourselves, the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show brought to you by Betfair. I'm Ali Maxwell. He's George Ellick, Full Slate, Throbbing Docket, etc. On the agenda today, this podcast is about betting and it is for over 18s only, very strictly. We ask that everyone listening be gamble aware and head to begambleaware.org if you don't think that you are. Among other things, we ask that you know yourself, know your limits, don't bet more than you can afford to lose, never chase losses, be disciplined and understand every risk that comes with placing a bet. Last week, George had a cracker. He's on good form. He's on good form. His nap. Huddersfield winning it even money. Luton draw no bet. The next best comfy at five to four. Uh, Oxford and Argyle indeed went over two point five. Uh, but you laid Forest and they won. Nicky Cadden didn't score. Still enough for a good week. You're in good shape overall. Two very good weeks in a row. Uh, El Arbitro, as we call Hugh Davis, who is tallying up our points. You're up to 8.85 in the green, which I like, uh, especially with the structure that I have imposed on you each week. As for me, rubbish, zero. Uh, Having said that, my nap felt like a trap, George, and specifically that I felt like a cartoon character that might be chasing something off a cliff. And then someone called Sylvester scored the winner against the team that I backed. Uh, that wasn't lost on me. Uh, loads of bad picks. Wednesday going 2-0 up at Wimbledon and, and drawing. Took the biscuit, really. And that takes me into the red. Last time that happened, no. Connor Shaughnessy came to the rescue. So I'm going to need something similar, you'd say. What's your nap this weekend in the EFL? My nap is Luton at home to Hull. Um, Back to the trough. This- yeah, exactly. 17 to 20 Luton. Well, they did us well at Millwall um, last weekend. They drew two all against Derby uh, in midweek um, in a game where I just think Derby are just, are just kind of okay. I think Wayne Rooney's doing a, an incredible job at the moment of, of making that team into like a fair championship side. Um, I don't think, you know, Coventry are nearly 2 1, I think, for um, against Luton, uh, sorry, against Derby on Saturday, which seems very, very short, even though they're so good at home. Um, but yeah, I think Luton are, are, are just a side who, um, you know, they've won, so they've lost one of their last ten away, uh, home games. If I can remember how to speak, um, they that one defeat was a very strange five 0 loss against Birmingham. But since then, they've been much much better. Uh, we saw them wipe the floor at home to Coventry where, when you were there. They had a, a decent nil nil draw against against Huddersfield, and you know, the the visit of Hull presents them with one of, if not the weakest team in the division coming to town. Last time, one of those teams who was promoted from League One last season came to Kenilworth. Um, they left empty-handed. Luton beat Posh 3-0 early on in the season. And um, I think that we could be onto a, a similar kind of scoreline here. Hull, we're actually, despite losing 2-1 against Posh in, in midweek um, at home, they were they were better. You know, I said on the on the pod that I wanted to see McGuinness come back in. He did. It's one of the worst penalties I've ever seen at, at one all. But that was probably the difference between them winning that game and losing it. And the XG, including the penalty, they, I think they had about three point five uh, compared to Posh's one point two. You know, they created plenty during the game and they were fairly unlucky. But I do think that was basically a glorified League One game last night. Um, I think that Hull have proven many times over the course of this season so far that when they come up against good championship opposition they're not up to the task and I think Luton are exactly that so yeah I think the 17 to 20 I'm, I'm basically looking to get against Hull wherever possible at the moment which is a bit frustrating given that I bought their points pre-season um 
and I'm still in that bet, but <laughs> hopefully I can recoup by um, by opposing them regularly because they, they I, I mean, the, the market has them as a poor side, but I don't think it's quite necessarily got them as poor as they are. And I think Luton are seemingly value most weekends at the moment. So uh, a perfect storm between the two. Having back Luton midweek and expected them to continue their good form and beat Derby, which they did not do. Uh, I'm pretty confident that this is going to be good for you. And then you'll have the <laughs> Saturday and Saturday winners and I'll have uh, played my role in the midweek. Uh, my nap is Port Vale to win this weekend. 1.8 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, as regular long-term listeners to the betting show know, uh, one of the things that keeps me going in this uh, thick and fast season is a narrative, a story arc, if you will. I like them on the betting show. We've had a few over the years, and the current one is backing against Colchester United. Uh, so for the third consecutive week, my nap is the team that's playing against Colchester United. Uh, two weeks ago, when we were in Madeira, uh, by midnight on Friday, I was a happy man as Tramir did the business 2-0. Uh, last week, the aforementioned cartoon cliff fall, uh, Harrogate losing 1-0 at Colchester. But Colby are back on the road. They're playing at Fortress Vale Park, to give it its full name. Uh, and I think Vale will win. Port Vale are a very good side. I think the question, who's the second best team in League 2, which I've been wondering for about seven to eight weeks now, I think I know the answer. I think it might be Swindon Town, but it also might be someone else. And of the other contenders, I think Vale are, are right up there as well. They have the best open play defensive numbers in the league uh, per Opta. Ever since Daryl Clark came in a couple of months before the end of last season, he turned them into a formidable defensive team uh, and that has made it a lot easier to win football matches. That's what they've been doing in the last few weeks. They had a, a poor start to the season. They didn't win in their first couple. Uh, and then I think they've won six of their last nine in the league, including their last three home games. They're back at home here hosting Colchester United. So I think... Elite for the level defensively, not elite for the level offensively in terms of process. And by process, really, I mean in terms of expected goals numbers. They're not in the top three or four uh, for chance creation from open play. But I think there is something to be said for the individual creative attacking quality of Tom Conlon and of David Worrell. These are two players who... In League Two, you get a lot of good attacking players who particularly show up very well on highlights packages because they are regularly scoring or assisting goals. And sometimes, if you were to watch 10 full 90s of that team, you might have a different opinion about those players um, by the end of those 10 90s because you might watch the other 89 minutes that we don't see in, in short highlights packages. Um, I think there's a lot of players like that in League Two. I don't think Conlon and Worrell fit that bill. I think these are two consistent creative players. Conlon has got goals and assists this season. Worrell uh, has got one very eye-catching goal and a couple of assists as well. He's been doing it at this level for years and years. His delivery from the right is more or less unrivaled at this level. I think Nicky Adams would have had a uh, a pretty good shout, but he has tailed off somewhat in the last year or two. Vale were, were not at their best in midweek, drawing at Mansfield 1-1. Stag's probably the better side in that one from what I, I saw. We had a couple of people that I chatted to uh, on NTT20 squad who were uh, at the game and, and wrote some thoughts on the squad but it's three wins in a row at home all against good teams as well Vale's biggest issue and the biggest red flag I guess here is putting away the poorer teams that's where they've failed to pick up points this season you know they've beaten the top three Forest Green Harrogate Swindon they've beaten Orient and Barrow two teams we consider to be very good at home it's away at Stevenage and Mansfield home to Carlisle where they've dropped points 
and they lost at home to Rochdale as well. But I think the current Port Vale, 12, 13 games into the season, are one of the best teams in the league. And I don't think that about Colchester United. I don't need to say it time and time again. Uh, maybe, maybe Shamal George actually is a championship level shot stopper playing in League Two, as his stats suggest. Um, I don't see them putting any real pressure on Port Vale. I think they'll adopt the frustration method, Colu. I think I can't see them being very ambitious here. I think it'll be low block territory, trying to keep a clean sheet and frustrate Vale. I don't see them hurting Vale very much. So in my head, Vale are likely to keep a clean sheet here or at least not be hugely tested. And then it's up to them and specifically the quality of Conlon and Worrell, Wilson and Proctor up front, Politic, whoever it might be, to do enough to get a goal or two. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll have had three digs at Colu. It's 1-1 at the moment. After this one, I'll leave them alone for a bit and we'll see who wins overall. <laughs> Port Vale, my best bet. 1.8 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, next best now... I've changed my mind in the last few minutes. Colchester United. <laughs> after hearing that. <laughs> but you are... You know, I was. I thought long and hard about this this morning because I also read on the squad um, the reports about the, the Port Vale-Mansfield game. And I was wondering, you know... You shouldn't get too bogged down in 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 one-off games, um, but maybe you know. I said, I think I said the li- I literally said the words on the podcast. Until we see a pulse from Mansfield, I'm happy to keep opposing them. Did we see a pulse? Maybe little pulse. Even though I will be backing Exeter, <laughs> a pulse in the shape of the returning Stephen Quinn. I think I'm going to instead go John O'Bet Swansea at Birmingham. Very small ginger pulse. Are you done? Yeah. Uh, Swansea 11 to 10 at home to Birmingham. Sorry, away at Birmingham. Um, this isn't too much to Birmingham, who I think are, are still just getting very unlucky at the moment. I think there's enough in their performances there. The things are going to turn around pretty quickly. Um, but I think Swansea are maybe quite good now, possibly. Got some good players uh, the, in some good they've form. They've got some good players in some good form. They've got a good manager. They are... I feel like they've got the buy-in. I think we always knew this was going to be a bit of a work in progress for for Russell Martin and Luke Williams at Swansea, um, but it's bearing fruits now. You know, a, a dominant 3-0 win against Cardiff uh, on Sunday, a 2-1 win against one of the most fancy teams in the division from behind. Um, a, what a goal from Jamie Patterson, because we won't have a Monday pod on this. I mean, I crowed about him on Monday, but that that is one of those kind of under-the-radar great goals where the touch and then the finish itself, I love that kind of topo finish. Um, a bit of genius from Patterson there. Um, Kyle to Bartley, get the, he, the, rule, the unwritten rules of football, he has to either retire, to retire or at least sit out the next game after being megged like that. What's weird about it is his legs are so close together as well. It doesn't really look like there's enough room for a ball. Uh, brilliant goal. I mean, they, I, I think this is a Swansea side who are now, you know, n- now is the time to get with them because the market hasn't caught up yet and there is serious reason to believe that they are good. Um, so n- nothing too much against Birmingham. They're struggling for goals. So the, you know, in the same way that the draw no bet appealed last week with Millwall, um, you know, you can imagine that it's, I think it's fairly unlikely the Birmingham are going to score um, enough goals to make this a no contest game. So I want to have the, the draw insurance in my favour. But Swansea look like a big price. I mean, odds against odds against taking the draw out with Swansea at Birmingham seems very very generous to me. My next best is. Plymouth Argyle, League One league leaders to win at Morecambe this weekend. 2.2, 6-5 with the Betfair Sportsbook. In midweek, Argyle 
had the biggest home crowd at home park on a Tuesday since 2007. Now, that seems quite arbitrary, but I think it shows, especially in that weather, uh, just how excited these Argyle fans are. Biggest home crowd on a Tuesday for 14 years in absurd conditions, and they just got more than they deserved, really. I mean, as much as they deserve, I probably should say, and and then a bit of extra with that hilarious third goal. Um, not just the fun. Three expected goals generated by Argyle, 0.3 expected goals generated by Bolton. This was an absolute mismatch. Um, and Between the best team in the league and the best team in the league. Yes, no to both, but yes, I know what you're saying. Um, the, the, the whole atmosphere obviously seemed to give the, the Argyle fans a big boost. They won't have that this weekend at Morecambe, but I, I still think the price is tempting enough, and I'm aware that it's it's not that dissimilar to Harrogate to win at Colchester last weekend. Similar-ish price as well, so maybe a little bit trappy, but I've decided to sprint towards that cliff face again to catch that tasty morsel. They're unbeaten in 13, aren't they? They've scored the second most goals in League One. They've got the joint third best defence in terms of goals conceded. Uh, And Ryan Lowe has consistently built sides that we've covered over the last five years that go on incredible runs. The atmosphere that Ryan Lowe can build within a club, you know, a dressing room plus fans as well, is pretty astonishing uh, and I think that that Argyle are, are at full throttle right now unlike Morecambe who we were impressed with their summer recruitment I think it was 17 first team signings impressed with how they started the season particularly uh, the form of uh, Cole the goal Stockton but just easing off it a little bit easing off those performance levels I would say they've conceded three or more in four of their last five league games and that ain't going to get you anywhere I'm afraid and think just a little bit concerning uh, in the last few games against Burton and Cheltenham. Good sides, but not top, top sides for the level. Just how much better those teams have been than Morecambe in the last two games. So performance levels have dipped. It was a good start to the season. And I'm afraid I think there's an extent to which that can be at least partially explained by them having the highest conversion rate in the whole EFL by miles. It's still 20%, even after a, a poor few games. One in five shots that Morecambe have taken this season have gone in. Now, like average, and someone will know better than me, but I think the average conversion of all teams across a whole season is normally around 10 11%. And you'll get a few teams by the end of the season around maybe around 13. Um, currently, the, the other top teams in, in the Championship and League 2, they're around 15%. So uh, it's not that sexy to talk about, but scoring one in five of your shots means you're going to be an excellent team but it doesn't last forever. Uh, so a quick shout out to Cole Stockton, but that's not a long-term thing, I'm afraid. And the reality is when that settles down, Morecambe are, are going to be second best in, in a lot of their games uh, if they keep playing this way. They struggled in midweek against the front two of, of Vassell and Joseph uh, of Cheltenham Town. Now, Argyle also play a front two, very similar formation, in fact, to, to Cheltenham. Their strikers probably don't have the physicality of that front two, but they certainly have more pace, maybe better movement, probably better scoring instinct. You know, Jeff Cook might well come back in here having been on the bench uh, in midweek. I think he was on the bench uh, on the weekend as well, but he should be fairly fresh. Hardy, uh, Garrick, whoever it is really seems to be stepping up in the front two. And then the star men really, Panuche Kamara and Ryan Broom, uh, the dual attacking eights have just been absolutely excellent. Cover so much ground, disrupt the opposition out of possession and contribute a lot going forward. Argyle are performing XG by a couple of goals, but not to an extent that I'd be worried about that dropping off or rather that I'd worry they'd start losing games when that does settle. They've had the most open play shots in the league, so it's not like they aren't 
a very good attacking force, even if they are finishing a little hot, and the fifth best defence from open play. So that combination is is having them where they are right now, plus that amazing spirit and energy that, that I spoke about. I mean, Danny Mayer is just come back to fitness and he's just easing himself in by coming off the bench at the moment. Every chance he starts playing more minutes and contributing in the way that he, that we know that he can. The thing I'm most scared about here is is an intangible, and that's that the Shrimps having been well beaten in their last two and lost a tight one to Wickham before then. It's three defeats in a row, but they're going back home. And I think the fans are still very supportive of the team and of the manager. I think there's a chance they could lift their, their Morecambe side. But I think the Green Army keep advancing. I think 2.2 is generous. That's why it's my next best with the Betfair Sportsbook. And don't forget that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions as well on match odds for all EFL games. That's applicable to singles and multiples. No cash-out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games on Betfair. Lay bets next using the Betfair exchange. You've also got six out of ten of these. Cool, that's good. Um, yeah, I'm laying baggies at 1.53 at home to Bristol City. Um, yeah, West Brom have, have, have started looking quite poor in recent weeks. I think it's fair to say they weren't very good against Birmingham last Friday. They were beaten 2-1 against Swansea in midweek. They're coming up against the Bristol City side who... His away form reads a 3-2 win at Reading, a 2-1 win at Cardiff, a 2-1 win at Crystal Palace, a 1-0 loss away at Millwall, and then a 3-2 win away at Posh. So four wins in the last five away from home. I feel so sorry <laughs> for the Bristol City fans who thought they were they'd finally seen their team win at home for the first time since January and then conceding twice in injury time to Lyle Taylor in, in midweek. It's going to be tough for them to pick themselves up after that, the players as well as the fans. Um, but... 2-1 just seems mightily short for a side who, who I don't think are providing much of a threat, really, going forward uh, and do not look as defensively sound as we thought they were going to. Uh, I, I mentioned on the Monday pod plenty of times that this West Brom side don't look to me to be of the same class as, as Bournemouth and Fulham at the moment um, and, until something changes. You know, Bristol City fancy themselves on the road. For whatever reason, they're more comfortable playing away from home. Um so I think, oh yeah, I think West Brom are way too short at that price. I, I'm, I'm sure it'll move in in the other direction. It'll move, you know, they'll be bigger come Saturday than than the 1.53 they are now. That's all you can ask, really. I'm laying uh, Bolton. I feel like I haven't got a lay up since the late 90s. Uh, but let's see if we can improve on that this weekend. 1.9 is the lay price. They're at home to Gillingham. And I don't think that Bolton Wanderers have played very well in their last what, six or seven games um, outside mm. of a, a big win away at Charlton, which more and more looks like a freebie win, given how Charlton have been over the last 10 games or so. Uh, outside of that, not a lot to, to write home about and performance levels, which were inarguably high in the first month of the season, have certainly uh, taken a bit of a nosedive. Uh, a couple of injuries haven't helped. Strikers really out of form for Bolton, which is not helping them. They, they leaned heavily on Affaline in the first, what, six, eight weeks of the season. It was always unlikely that he was going to provide that output um, as we moved into the winter months, uh, albeit he is still an exceptional player, but you can't really ask anyone to... Well, you can't ride someone quite that hard, I think, and, and expect to them to, to be able to handle it. Doyle has just two penalties and a header from a corner so far, his three goals this season. He was dropped bit, dropped or rested midweek, and Bakayoko's the backup striker. He didn't have a shot in the whole hour that he played in that, in that Argyle game. I think they need to work out a midfield balance as well, something that um, a couple of people have discussed on the NTT20 squad. You've got Sarsovic and Lee, you've got Williams and Sheehan, and it's just trying to find a three that 
really works, complements each other. Uh, a lot of them have technical ability. A couple of them are quite hardworking. Maybe they're missing a little bit of steel. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think there's a feeling that the midfield balance for Bolton isn't great. Uh, and they're certainly missing their fullbacks. Gethin Jones is out long-term, the right-back, and Declan John has missed the last few games as well. Those guys, when they joined last January, added a whole new dimension to Bolton's attack, and they were a huge reason why they were able to start winning games where they previously weren't. Uh, John might be back, the left-back, for this one. I think he's a much better player than Gordon, who's been playing there in the last few games. Jones certainly won't be, so they'll have to go with either Brockbank or maybe Baptiste, uh, awkwardly out of position. Not 100% sure, but missing players, that's for sure. Uh, and Jill's, yeah, well, I tried to lay Jill's opposition not too long ago. Uh, I think it was against Wickham. They lost 2-0. They were 2-0 down after 10 minutes. That game was done early. I, I sort of stand by what I said that I think they are hard to beat. It's probably the nicest thing I can say about them. And I noticed that Jills have played five of the top six in League One already. They've lost all five of those games. But outside of those top six, they've played nine games and they've only lost one. So the natural conclusion to draw, even in a small sample size, is there's a level that Gillingham cannot touch. They don't have enough quality, whatever it might be. And outside of that, they're very tough to beat. Uh, only one defeat in nine against any team outside the top six so the, the big question here is are Bolton top six level Ian Everett might think so I might have thought so a month ago I definitely don't think so now so um, I just wonder if it might get a little bit restless at uh, at Bolton if they if they don't start turning Jills over early and we, we know that Jills and Steve Evans only too happy to play party pooper also something to note is that Bolton have conceded six goals from set pieces which is fifth or sixth highest in the league so that would be an area for Jills to try and exploit. Uh, I'm laying Bolton here. 1.9 the lay price. Uh, and we move on to goals. Goals, 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 goals. Uh, I'm going over two and a half goals in Swindon versus Bradford. Oh, cool. At 23 to 20. Why? I thought I'd try and pep it up a little bit, you know. Encouragement. Sarcastic. Good energy. That sort of, you know, all that um, sort of stuff. It's good to head into the weekend with that. Yeah, Swindon are a side who, who look just very, very good going forward. Um, I think they're second in open play XG. Yeah, they are 15.4 created so far this season behind Forest Green. Um, but defensively, they look really quite alarmingly poor at times. You know, they, they defended very well against Forest Green in a game where Forest Green still created plenty of chances to get on the score sheet. Um, the defending in the tool draw against Rochdale was, was abject. Um, they conceded against Sutton. If you look at their last five games the score lines have been 2-1 2-2 3-1 2-0 3-1 so only one of those five games not copping in the over two and a half market and similar story really for Bradford who are undergoing a, a pretty poor run of form to concede three goals at home to Hartlepool um, sets massive alarm bells ringing and I think there'll be an intensity here because that is the result and the performance that it's kind of swung this really against Derek Adams. You know, I think the performances at times this season have been good, um, but that is the one performance where I think the fans are saying, hold on, this isn't good enough here. We need to improve. And often when that is the case, I think you're going to see a much, you know, th this performance should be full of intent rather than um, maybe the more, um, the approach that we've, we've seen at times from Adams' sides in the past. Um, you know, 3-1 loss against Hartlepool, a tour draw against Bristol Rovers, um, Bradford's games are, are conceded, are, you know, a goal fest at the moment. So, always looking for for games where both sides, the onus is on them to, to go ahead and score. Defensive frailties in both decent attacking numbers. Um, this is primed to be a, uh, yeah, to be an overs overs game. I think so. Over two and a half. Swindon against 
Bradford's at 23 to 20. Mm, I am parking the under 1.5 double. I'm not stopping it entirely. I'm certainly not writing it off. I'm not taking it off the road. It's just due an MOT. Um, so we're going to have a, a look under the hood there. And in its place, they've given me a replacement, uh, very sparkly, quite flash, overs double. Uh, over 2.5 goals, double. Much shorter price, but uh, a real goer. Over 2.5 goals in Peterborough against QPR and over 2.5 goals in Blackburn Rovers against Reading. Uh, that double is at 3.27. Now, all four of these teams are in the top six in the championship for goals per game this season. Goals for plus goals against all four of them in the top six. QPR are top with 3.38 goals per game so far this season. Posh, they're playing against 3.08. QPR just always play for the win. I mentioned it on, on Quest on Wednesday night. It doesn't always work for them, to be honest. They've had a one or two games where they've conceded uh, late, but uh, in the instance of Tuesday night, it was them that scored. I just love how Warburton will happily take off one of his central midfielders for a striker uh, and just put one holder in front of the back three and then just absolute vibes in front of it. I think that lends itself quite well to a game against Peterborough who have historically been quite like that as well. And, you know, they were, they've were they been a bit of a joke in EFL punting for a few years just in terms of how short can a BTTS <laughs> price, how short can an over 2.5 price be. Um, at the moment, they, they don't have much choice than to try and score as many goals as they can because they simply cannot defend. Some of the defending uh, on Wednesday night against Hull was uh, very, very questionable. And I kind of agree with what you said. I, I was pleased to see them win an away game after losing everyone up to that point. But I don't for a minute think that it was a hugely impressive performance. But they do have in flashes Dembele and Smodix and George Grant, players that can hurt teams at this level. QPR have been undermining themselves all season with with poor defending uh, versus good attacking play. I think that game will go overs. And Rovers Reading, five of... Blackburn's six home games have gone over 2.5. The one that didn't was 2-0 against Hull, not far off. Uh, they've been leading at halftime in four of their six games. They really do start these home games, Blackburn Rovers, with proper attacking intent. And uh, Mowbray's always been a little bit like that. I think the the general football fan probably doesn't realise that Mowbray is, at his core, quite an exciting attacking coach. Uh, and Reading, yeah, this is, this is the one where they've had quite a lot of 1-0 results recently, either side. But... I don't think many of them have been particularly low margin. Um, Southwood, the keeper, has been immense. They've been pretty leaky in terms of shots, if not goals conceded. We saw that come home to roost in the second half on, on Wednesday night. They conceded three goals to lose. So uh, I think that they'll continue to be fairly loose. Uh, I think Rovers and Reading go over 2.5 as well. So Peterborough QPR, Blackburn, Reading, a double over 2.5 goals for both at 3.27 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, remember, with Betfair, if you bet £20 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £5 free bet to use on multiples or bet builders. Terms and conditions apply. And one more for luck, George. A goal scorer this weekend. Nicky Cadden had a shot, but he didn't go in. I think it was blocked, actually. What about this, <laughs> what about this time? Um, well, I had a bit of bit of a touch last night on the old NTT20 squad for those who signed up. Um, I did a bit of research for the midweek games, put some goal scorer picks up on there first, last and any time I managed to get up. Um, I mean, Mitro is hardly one to crow about, but we got up to Ricky Dembele at nine to one last goal scorer in any time as well. And also, um, who was the other one? Oh, Jerry Yates and Jerry Yates as well. So two of those. And um, so in good form here, 
adopting a, a kind of similar idea of trying to look at teams who I think are, are basically set to score. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to to continue to think that Tranmere are going to ship some goals now. You know, we spoke a lot last season about Swansea and how their early season defensive record was unsustainable and how they were going to concede goals. It took long, it took a while, but it eventually happened. And we saw Tranmere after conceding four goals in their first 12 games, despite conceding loads of shots, finally, um, they conceded a couple against Harrogate. I I think that's going to continue. They come up against a Northampton side who have hit some form again after a bit of a tricky patch. And Sam Hoskins is an absolute shot monster at the moment he's averaging 2.7 shots a game um already in games this season he's had seven against Crawley six against Gunthorpe five against Hartlepool scored two in his last three playing well at the moment and at 130 um I think Northampton a decent value to win the game itself but at 130 Hoskins to score any time I think looks very very generous indeed so Sam Hoskins to score at any point in Tranmere versus Cobblers is my goal scorer bet I'd like Dan Scar to score uh, no surprise there. I I've bet already, you would. I've already mentioned Plymouth Argyle. I think they're a good thing at Morecambe uh, this weekend and particularly uh, a decent chance of them having at least one, but hopefully more than that, opportunities from set plays because that is something that Morecambe have struggled with uh, massively. The data backs it up in terms of XG conceded from set piece situations, but the goals back it up as well. Three centre-backs have already scored against Morecambe this season and two in their last three games uh, on Friday, it was uh, in the last game they did concede from a set piece, albeit it wasn't a centre back. It was Circum. Uh, before that, it was uh, Shaughnessy, uh, lovely, lovely Connor Shaughnessy of Burton, wasn't it? Uh, and in the game before that, they conceded to Tafazoli of Wickham. So something they're struggling with. Uh, not much time on the training ground to sort that out right now. And they've got the monster Dan Scar coming to town. Joint most shots of all centre-backs in League One. He's had good numbers for for a few years now in terms of getting shots off in the opposition box from set-piece situation. He absolutely loves it. Dan Scar, 14-1 anytime, hopefully to get me back in some sort of profit. He's been a little bit quiet in the last few games. Uh, in fact, his teammate Galloway's got two goals in the last few weeks. But Scar's the one who has had two or three games this season where he's had three shots in one game. That's what I'm hoping for this weekend. I want Plymouth Argyle all over Morecambe. Hopefully that'll mean my next best gets up and it'd be extra, extra sweet if Dan Scar can be my second goal scorer pick to come in at good odds this season. 14 to 1, anytime with Betfair Sportsbook. George, only thing left to do is to recap your selections. The nap is Luton uh, to beat Hull at home. Next best is Swansea draw no bet away at Birmingham. Baggies the lay at home to Bristol City over two and a half in Swindon versus Bradford and Sam Hoskins any time the goal scorer bet Port Vale my nap at 1.8 Plymouth Argyle to beat Morecambe at 2.2 my next best I'm laying Bolton at 1.9 against Gillingham I've got an over 2.5 double posh QPR and Blackburn Rovers against Reading at 3.27 with Betfair Sportsbook and Dan Scar at 14 to 1 massive thanks to Betfair for their continued sponsorship of this podcast. Thanks very much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again on Monday, recapping this weekend. George is on Quest on Saturday night at 9pm. He'll be on at 10pm, but the show will be on at 9pm. And if anyone wants to listen to me on the wireless on 5 Live on Saturday afternoon, then you can do so as well. Go well. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening.